You're listening to the One Minute Mindfulness Show with Vicki Kelly and Natalie McIver. This is the One Minute Mindfulness Show where we explore the life-enhancing power of paying attention and everyday ways to strengthen our capacity for more mindful living. I'm Vicki Kelly. And I'm Natalie McIver. And it's welcome to the show and I am, I have to say, very excited to have my beautiful friend... Beside me, well, beside me in um, e-form. Hey, Natalie. Hi, how are you going? I had to check out there for a couple of weeks and once again you've done a, a beautiful job of putting together some really great episodes with some really great um, guest speakers, so that's very You are exciting. so generous, so <laughs> generous and kind. And you have been, you've... Uh, Checked out for for some pretty significant some pretty significant reasons and some very valid reasons of which we thought today um, with my reluctance at first but I think it's it's a great it's a great and timely um, timely episode we thought we we would you had lots of you've had some difficult times of suffering and loss going on in your world and, and it seems to be um, not not quite alleviated yet. So tell us a little bit what's been happening for you, Natalie. Yeah, it has been a it's been a busy couple of months with um, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of outside of my home um, drama going on with lots of illness with my grandparents and and now my partner as well. So the last couple of months have meant a lot of hospital visits. I'm, I'm becoming like a hospital stalker if they compiled all of the video footage from half a dozen hospitals from Brisbane to the coast. They'd wonder what is she doing here because <laughs> I'm just trolling in and out of, of um, hospital after hospital. And, you know, my grandparents have had you know hosp- uh, medical things on and off for quite a few years and in the last couple of years my grandfather who who just died a few weeks ago at 93 has been hospitalized more and more and getting frailer and frailer and the impact of that on my nana has meant that she's she's had a few um, hospitalizations as well Mm. and both of them at the same time just before I flew out to America for three months to see my grandson born so we I've had some some really busy times and not only with my you know uh grandparents illnesses and their their period of time in the hospital but also visiting hospitals where there's lots of really really sick people Mm -hmm. and amongst all of that a friend of mine's young daughter had a double lung transplant and I was down at one hospital with one grandparent at the same hospital as this young girl so I've had a I've had a real reality check on health and wellness and you know, all of a sudden I'm nearly 50 and, and I think I forgot about that for a little while and then realised, wow, you know, I'm not 20 or 30 anymore. You know, Not invincible as we, as we used to think we are and we have, um, yeah, the choices that we make now affect us in terms of, of our ageing well. But what I wanted to say first, Natalie, thank you so much for sharing for sharing this time with us and um, sh- uh, sharing with our community. And I, and I have to say, on behalf of of all of us, all of our omlings, our the wellness um, tribe, our wellness couch community, uh, love and light and warmest, warmest hugs at this time for you and your family. Uh, it's hard. It's hard for everyone, and with everything going on for you, there's there's 
the way that you're feeling and supporting for everyone around you. And often, particularly as women, I think we forget to uh, self-nurture. And so uh, if, if you're not doing that, may all of us uh, send you a little bit of love and inner peace and calm at this time. Thank you. Thank you. And I am. I'm, I'm not getting great periods of time, but what I am getting is is um, getting up earlier and getting that time on the beach and we've had the mm. most stunning um, autumn weather here in Queensland. So swimming and, and uh, using the waterboard and stuff like that's been great. But I have had plenty of time <clears throat> on my own driving up and down highways and back and forth to hospitals and, and often sitting beside people in hospitals who sleep for hours and hours out of the visit that time that you're there. So I've had a lot of, of stillness and a lot of, um, a lot of awareness around making myself stay right there, being present in the moment and not worrying about what happens if Pop doesn't survive, which he didn't? What happens to Nana mm. after Pop, which is what, you know, we're dealing with at the moment? What happens with my partner at the moment if his kidney does fail? You know, what what's next? I'm trying really hard to not be a what nexter, which is, yeah. as you know, not, not our normal that doesn't, pattern. That doesn't come naturally to you. You love to um, create strategy and fix, fix yeah. things. Yeah, <laughs> and I still want to fix everything. <laughs> I yeah. Just, I just want to go back to bed and wake up and it be a few months ago and none of this has actually happened or been going on. But, you mm. know, I'm and I'm trying to keep my nana on board with that at the moment too because, you know, there's so many things that have to be done after somebody passes away and, and, I, and I'm just trying to keep her on track of these are the six things that we're going to get done today. Could mm. you, can I ring this person for you? I've made this appointment. Um, someone's coming to pick these things up for you. So that, you know, the, the big picture, which is extremely daunting for someone who's 80, nearly 88 and she's never been on her own in a whole life to have now had a couple of weeks all alone because, you know, the, the, let's just say the visitor list to my nana's is pretty thin. It's just me. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. pretty thin um, at the moment. Um, which so- is so important. You know, one of the things that, that we know about grief and loss and sadness and, you know, when when we have sadness, which, which is a, such a normal part of life and, you know, in the, in the East, sadness, uh, suffering, particularly suffering, is that the very first noble truth that suffering is part of life. And, and one of the ways that, that we cope with and manage our sadness or our suffering is by having people around us. And more and more as we get isolated because of the way that we live now and the, and particularly in the West, the way that we've chosen to live, um, separated from our families a lot of the time or isolated um, in our, in, on our own has meant that we don't, we, we can't really channel and have, have that um, support organically happen as it used to happen people would rally around and bring meals and and be and just be there but we're all everyone is so busy rushing that we forget and it was interesting Natalie you said that that most of your support is coming by texts um, r- rather than a meal or a phone call. Not that you said that you wanted a meal at all. <laughs> I would actually. I'm getting a bit sick of toast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. I could do with I could do with a nice meal. Perhaps today I will. I'll go and take take care of that a little bit better. But yeah, um, yeah. It's it's just very different. You know. I mean, but I think 
our normal lives are different. Our normal lives mm. are managed by a quick text or a quick email um, that people don't drop in. You know, mm. 20 years ago when, I, when my kids were younger, you know, 15, 20 years ago, my house was always full with drop-ins. You, you'd never know who would turn up at your house, walk past and say, can I just have a swim in the pool or they'd be on the way to the beach or, <clears throat> you know, and I broke my foot in 2002 and my um, husband at the time was working overseas for, for nine months of the year and I had three little kids and I had one friend who rallied two other friends that I didn't even know for a carpooling thing. They'd come and take the kids to school and back because I couldn't drive. They'd come and clean my house. I had really long hair and couldn't wash it, so they came and washed my hair. One took me to her house and ran a bath for me because I was so achy from crutches and stuff. And um, and uh, take me grocery shopping and they'd bring it in and unpack it and put it away. So that used to exist, that kind of mm. kinmanship. And certainly my time in Vanuatu showed me that as well. You know, you were, you, you were never alone. There was Whether something great was happening or something not so great, you could always, you wouldn't have to ask for any support. It would just be a given. So it's the joy, different. the joy of it, of of a simpler life, isn't it? it? It's that as as our lives become more complicated and complex and more technology driven, and and we're constantly striving for better, for more, for for victory, for for um, conquering and and world domination. That uh, beautiful element of simpler living, which includes this, you know, shared humanity, and. Alleviating pain, I know that, you know, one of the ways we, we can alleviate pain is we, we do, you know, we can t- tend to try and minimise it. Well, you know, at least at least you've got, um, at least you've got a family. <laughs> but part of, I think, pain, the, the uh, conversation that we can have sharing our pains and our difficult times is so that we can share the pain together. And I, I don't want, you know, we don't want people to fix it for us. We just want to know that it's at least shared a little at that time it's an interesting thing grief you know it's they've i've had lots of you know we all do have lots of up and downs and moments where you're sad or upset or worried about things Mm. and then generally most things you can manage get over get around find another way but you know it's been 16 years since my um, other grandmother died so i haven't had a lot of experience with grief when someone dies or what mm. to do afterwards. And I've read a few things, um, you know, um, around grief, which is one thing to be blessed for the for the internet, etc. with, because you can just put in something you're thinking and find out a whole pile of other people's thoughts and, you know, get a different perspective. So, so, some truths and some... Yeah. Not so. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there's always, I always find on the internet, there's always a perspective that will match mine if I look for long enough. <laughs> and, you know, the, the part of you that wants to debate will also find a healthy debate in there as well. Oh, so that, is, that is so good. true. You're it so is good. Right. And one of the things that, that I thought um, after I read that, one of the things it said was, you know, to allow people to talk about their grief if and when and how they like. And to not uh, and to just be listened, so be a really good listener, which of course is is a really powerful mindfulness pro- um, process. But also not to f- take their story and fill it with one of your own. Like oh, I remember when my such and such died, or I remember when I did this. Mm. And and I thought, you know, 
that is human nature. We, we kind of want, it's okay because I've been through this or it's okay because I know what that feels like instead of actually letting people be in that place. And so I'm, I'm really letting my Nana be in that place and we talk a lot about pop and, you know, um, now, I, now he's not here, I can ask all these things that I wasn't going to ask when he was here as well. So I'm finding out things about them that, that you know, that I didn't know um, and didn't know, well, how did that happen? Oh, that's what was that about. Um, and what a, what a beautiful gift um, of exchange for, for you both and such an important part of um, your nana being able to, uh, I say heal, but it, but it um, come to some level of acceptance. I'm not sure that at, at that level when you've been with someone for how many years did you say? 50. For 50, 50 years, whether you ever get to that point of real acceptance. I, I'm not sure that, um, yeah, there would be an acceptance of a different kind. Uh, but what, what an amazing gift to be able to reflect and... Uh, and enjoy it's that if if there's one thing wouldn't it be great if if the feeling of missing someone was able to be liberated into into the feeling of their presence mm. Mm. and so being able to relive those stories and 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 i think that's where our brain that's where our brain comes in we can we can shift into that that more closed protective part of the brain which is oh, i miss them and the feeling of You've lost something, which, and that's where sadness, you know, that's where we meet up with sadness. Or as we reflect on our, our loved ones and the, and the losses, we can, we can feel their, their presence. So we can shift that. And as if, if we open up our mind and our brain through a couple of breaths, instead of missing them, we shift towards feeling their presence in our lives every day or at anniversary times, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary of their death or their loss. And it's a really powerful, another powerful um, mindfulness tool to be able to shift um, that, that shift that feeling into a different, towards a different um, part of our mind or brain and, and really liberate that, emotion or that feeling into a feeling of comfort and that's not unlike when we talk in in mindfulness and awareness and consciousness circles around you know the the premise behind vision boards for instance is not about sticking pretty pictures up and looking at it and wishing for it it's about putting the feeling towards what would it feel like to be riding in that Mm. beautiful car around the greek isles what would that feel like we're stimulating a feeling which is not unlike what you're saying there. Let's stimulate the feeling away from, you know, that that you know that kick in the stomach. I'll be walking around the shops and I just feel this kick in my stomach when I realise that he's gone, and I and it just comes from nowhere. But when I'm actually present and thinking about him, I'm in a different state. I'm remembering yeah. the things he used to say that used to make us laugh or annoy us or you know, the, the tricks that I'd play on him because when I was little he wouldn't let me touch his pens and his radio so I would, you know, turn the dial just a little bit off so it would crackle and I'd move his pens around and <laughs> stuff like that. And I'd say to Nan, I touched his pens and she'd, she'd laugh and just give a little smirk and would wait and see if he found out. So, mm. you know, I, I have a real awareness that out of nowhere 
will come the reminder that he's not there and, and how sad it was to lose him. And the funeral and all of that build-up to the funeral is so intense. But then other times when, when, we, when we're talking about the things like the pens and the chooks and the way you know he hand-fed his animals and stuff like that, it's it's a different place to be and it kind of isn't any room to be there's there's not room in that space to be sad no i and i think even even with with that there may come as you said those waves those waves of sadness but it's when when we when we have that sadness that kick in the guts that that you talked about or it just it just comes because you smell a smell and you know all of our senses we as we engage them um, trigger our memory and in it's one of those it, they, it goes down one of um, two paths let's say it's either we feel we feel the loss and sadness and, and we go back into grief and we start to dwell on I wish they were here I wish I had you know I should have said this or I could have said more or I should have spent more time or as you've just um, highlighted we can shift into the beautiful memories of our, our loved ones that, that we have lost. And it's not necessarily that we're denying the sadness, but but with that sadness we can feel their presence and, and that brings comfort versus the dwelling and ruminating type of sadness which we, we get into that, you know, the denial or the anger or or the bargaining of you know we're bargaining with if only I'd done this. And that's that those all those things are part of our grieving process, but if we get stuck in any of those elements, that's when sadness turns to depression, um, which is or, or or deep deep grief, and that's not helpful for anyone. And and certainly the people that are no longer with us would not want that for us either. No, and you know it it is just about feeling the, the sadness when it's there and, and when I let myself, you know, I do let myself, I do let myself just feel it and wash over it and then take a few breaths and then let it go. Like I'm really aware of not mm. ruminating, not going into that into that place. Um, and that's, that's a healing type of sadness. You know, sadness we know has, has its healing elements and, and even if we would take, take that to, um, if I can have permission to take it a little more lightly into the movie Inside Out. You know, sadness, sadness was the hero. <laughs> uh, and it's, it, 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 can, it can be liberating. It's just when, when as you said, we, we turn it into a dwelling um, and then we become stuck in that. We become stuck in one of those, one of those layers of loss. Yeah, and I think, you know, all of us and many of us and many of us today as they listen to this podcast will be reflective of that, that every day there is a potential for something dramatic and desperate and sad to happen in our world or even externally, you know, on the other side mm -hmm. of the world. We're impacted constantly and technology means that we know and see everything the minute it happens you know um wherever it happens in the mm. world we don't have that isolation so i think it's unavoidable and it always has been of course there's going to be loss there's going to be sadness but being able to find the wisdom or the gifts in the moment um is really important as well and nothing like loss 
for for making you be grateful and reprioritize your life and relook at things and and you know it's ironic I um I don't remember from the last episode now if I had already resigned and was in the, or was in the process of changing jobs I can't remember remember now um so finally made the decision when I came back from America to resign from my full-time 6-day work a week corporate job you know back when I you know went back and played for 8 months at having a real job and came back and I just thought you know with life and death and sickness and illness and time and all those sorts of things, I need more time. I need more time to be able to go and visit grandparents for longer than an hour or when they're sick in hospital. I need more time for my family and myself. So I resigned and and took a a a 22-hour-a-week admin job um, locally, just a three-month contract while someone's on maternity leave. And ironically, from, from literally... The second day of my work was when I when when I got the call from the hospital about my grandfather. Mm. I, I haven't had those days off, but I'm so grateful that my idea of having those days off a week was that I was going to get in and finish my studies. I was going to have massages and go to the beach and have girl lunches and do all of these fabulous spa days and things like that. Read books, um, but I'm so grateful to have those days now that I can, you know, I spent all day Tuesday in Brisbane with my nana. It was their wedding anniversary. So she would have been on her own. I wouldn't have had that day if I hadn't have made a decision about bringing my life back to me instead of, uh, you know, for more more money, to make money, Mm -hmm. to have money, to save more money, to, you know, all those sorts of things. So, you know, life is full of its ironies and full of sometimes – you think you're making a decision for one reason and the space opens up and it fills with something else. And, and isn't that the key, being able to allow that space to open up, to, to increase our possibilities? When we're, when, we're, when we're mindless, which tends to be in our stress moments, our options close down, which is the natural, that, that, that's what needs to happen because in stress, stress equals survival and so we need only a couple of options and they tend to be three. To, to stand and fight, so to attack, to run, or to spit if it's disgusting and it's uh, go poisonous, <laughs> keeps alive. Um, and and we've all had we've all had the metaphorical one of spit. <laughs> I think I think uh, my daughter Grace had it this morning when I came in to wake her up and she didn't want to get out of bed because it was too cold. It was like, ooh, mum, get out. <laughs> I had a similar conversation with my daughter this morning (laughs) in the reverse, actually. We won't go into that. I wasn't at my best. (laughs) But, land's sakes, I can't even have my sleep time uninterrupted at the moment. I, I know, and and our self indulgent teenagers, and I'll I'll just share this with our omlings because they will certainly appreciate it. Um, knowing the gift that you are to humanity, Natalie, what sort of a mother are you? <laughs> well, I was a sleeping one, but thank you for for waking me up to tell me that your finger was numb. Fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. Uh, our, our beautiful, blessed, <laughs> our beautiful, blessed teenagers. <laughs> They're just absolutely adorable. Yes. yes. She's sleeping now. Should I go in and tell her that I've got a little bit of a headache and I'm a little bit tired? (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, no. no, Because because at at that point, it's all about them. You know that. And it's it's 
part of it's part of, I keep explaining to Grace. I said, Grace, you think I'm ooh and I'm embarrassing now. I said, You're thirteen. It's going to get worse before it gets better. <laughs> just know that you really do love me and as disgusting as you think I am, it's just part of your part of your um, growth. It is indeed. It is indeed. <laughs> as as is as is um, suffering and sadness and and being able to bounce back from that and and have as um, our mindful moments, those moments that we can take a couple of breaths that, breaths, that we can shift our focus back towards a more open state. And it's not a positive state, so it's not about putting a positive spin on, on suffering. It's just being able to feel it for what it is. And as you said so beautifully in the beginning, Natalie, not um, either putting out our additional stories into it, and that could be an example of that is if if we do lose someone, then feeling guilty about the time we haven't spent with them, or then wishing that we'd said this, or wishing that we so we we layer our grief with lots of other things that don't need to be necessarily um, attended to at that point in time, but just allowing us to feel the sadness without that bargaining, but knowing that that's there. Um, as part of our as part of our healing process, but not getting stuck in it, allowing ourselves to feel those things, but not getting stuck in it, because that it's that um, you know that that final um, liberating part of grief is the acceptance, is the acceptance that that um, there is that loss, whether it's a death, whether it's a, a relationship ending, whatever whatever it, it happens, our suffering and loss and sadness is around, being able to enable ourselves to move through that. And it's not possible to move through that if we get stuck in, um, in dwelling, if we get stuck in being angry or bargaining or denying that it, that it even is even happening, and so being more mindful and having those those mindful moments of, of as you said, Natalie, space is a really important part of that. And acceptance was um, a big key for me too, because i i did I did have um, the fir- uh, the first couple of days I had a lot of grief around, I could, uh, a lot of grief around not getting to the hospital in time. Because I always thought I would be there um, mm. when he when he left, and I had seen him on the Saturday, and I'd, I'd had words with him about that I'd look after Nana, and it's okay. And I took my granddaughter to see him, um, which was special for him. And 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 I, you know, the last couple of visits, I've thought they were going to be <clears throat> the last every time I've gone. Mm-hmm. And then when the, I got the call that the hospital had said. Um, we need to we need to move now. He's he's not going to last very much longer. It's like an over an hour's drive. So I just walked straight out of my new job, just packed my bags that I have to go, <laughs> untrained. So I went into my new job pretty much untrained because I couldn't be there for that. And five minutes down the road, the second call came and it was too late. And and I was that hit me with such grief that you know I, mm-hmm. I had kind of had a picture in my mind that I'd be there and I mm-hmm. wasn't. And then, of course, neither was my nana and I knew she was on her way to visit not knowing and I wanted to be there to tell her so she didn't have to be told by strangers. So that mm. became this massive thing that I think I got my biggest outpouring of grief in between those phone calls because then I had to get in the car and get down to Brisbane and be there for my nana. So 
<clears throat> the first couple of days that that I felt my my ego mind wanting to take me to well you weren't even there you didn't get there you weren't there for your nana he died on his own all that sort of stuff to, I really had to come to a place of of accepting it is what it is his soul left when his soul left it wasn't waiting for any of us and um, you know I think that's brought my nana. Um, a bit of a bit of relief as well, me speaking to her like that because, of course, you know, she's been there da- every single day and then she wasn't there at that moment as well. So we both shared mm-hmm. a bit of that stuff and, and you know, I, I refuse to let either of us stay in guilt or, or in, I don't know, a feeling that we'd let him down, that sort of thing. So, Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? We're taught how to read. We're taught how to write. We're taught how to count. Um, we're taught how to ride a bike. I don't remember being taught how to grieve. No, well, how we're to feel told sadness. to stop crying, how... aren't we? <laughs> Sorry? We're always told to stop crying when we're children. We... You know, you hit two and everyone stop says crying. stop crying. Get it's over like, it. Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet we know. We uh, we study it. We study loss and grief. And, in fact, it's the, it's, it is the negative suffering emotions that, that we've spent most of our life in in the psychological realm studying and so we know that there's at least five stages of of grief and loss and part of part of that is the bargaining that you talked about part of it is denying and anger part of it is allowing us to feel the sadness and mourning to be able to not get stuck in any of those elements so that we can feel acceptance so, but we're not taught how to how to how it's possible to not get stuck in those to allow the, all of those things. We're not taught how to support people in grieving, and we may we used to probably have, as I mentioned at the beginning, some of that organically because we lived a simpler life. Now, as as unfortunate and saccharine as it may sound, we need to we need to work out how we can manufacture these. Um, helpful emotional habits which include grief and loss and suffering and how how we navigate the landscape of that and you know for me it is about being present that Mm. you know my mind wants to worry about the what ifs and it wants to go there and you know particularly with my partner in hospital at the moment there's so many variables and I don't understand any of them and I'm not getting any answers so being able to not go into the panic there is is you know I can I can attribute to that that I keep I now have tools but I have a, a stronger tool in my mind that says we're just going to stay here and see what happens now here's the next yeah. test now what's the next lot and deal with it but I'm but I am watching the panic and the flapping around me when I don't have the answers for people why are they not telling you you're his next of kin you should go and talk to the doctor I I don't need that sort of pressure what I need is to be able to say I don't know anything at the moment we're still waiting through it when I know I can share that which is which is not helpful and that's not that's not our intention around you to try and put you into panic. We just want answers. We're making it about ourselves then. No, we we do need these answers. And I do need them. I do need them, but I'm really making conscious efforts to sit in the space of not having them. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful gift that, that, um, one, you're, you're, that you have that and you have those tools and you've, you've worked, you've probably been training your whole life on some level for these moments 
Uh, and and it's an equally beautiful gift, Natalie, that uh, you you had such willingness to share with us today about your experience and journey. And I know I, I I've learned things, and I feel like our um, Omling community who are listening because they uh, you know they recognise they're wanting to turn up the dial on their own mindful practice, their own personal practice of of being able to liberate and generate that inner peace and inner calm in the good moments, and especially when it matters most in those moments when things aren't going our way. Mm. So thank you. Beautiful friend. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Let hopefully next episode I'll have something fabulously cheery to discuss. The highlight of everything for the last couple of months, of course, has been the the birth of my beautiful grandson and and um in America and um Haley and the baby arrived back in Australia a couple of weeks ago, so now we can start the process of of Australian visas and residencies and all those sorts of things. But amongst it all, there's been this delightful, gorgeous, gorgeous little baby boy Kai that just lights up a room and makes everybody feel all warm and fuzzy. So and isn't that so often the way that there can be this? You know, where, where there's where there's uh, you know suffering, there's there's amazingness. Where there's life, there's death. There, you know, there's that there's those polar opposites going on within our lives that that on and these are on uh, macro levels. But I think they happen every day on micro levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and look for them and find them because exactly the design is to balance us out. So it's not not to get too elated about things going our way and how amazing things are, and really have appreciation for the the balancing effect of the things when they're not going our way. And you've certainly done that in our conversation today, being you know finding finding the blessings in. Um, without without using them to deny your feelings and the reality of the situation, but really utilising them to be able to balance out and uh, bring a sense of wisdom around your sadness. So you're a gift. You're just a gift that keeps giving, Natalie. <laughs> oh, what sort of mother am I really? Come on. <laughs> One who doesn't like to be woken up at 2am when someone has a sore finger. <laughs> I broke, I broke my pinky fingernail, Mama. <laughs> oh, all you can do is laugh, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> the hilarity in, in raising teenagers. I, I'm sure that many of our omelets can relate. I'm sure they can. And on that note, I will once again express my gratitude for, for you, Vicky, and this show and our listeners that propel us to create these shows, these, these podcast shows, um, month after month because... A year ago before we started doing this, I didn't have these tools. So, you know, I would have been, my old other self would have been highly in panic mode and action mode and fix-it mode. And um, whilst I am still taking action and feeling responsible for my nana at the moment and got lots going on, I've got, a, I've got some tools to counteract how I would normally react in this situation. And, and that is giving me peace it is giving me acceptance and reminding me to be grateful and um just just feeling feeling if i'm tired feeling if i'm sad feeling if i'm not happy it's 
with with what's going on. It just is what it is. And and I go back to that saying like a mantra, it, it, it is what it is. It is what it is. And that <laughs> makes me stop flapping. Look, it is what it is. Okay, what am I going to deal with right in front of me right now? And staying present is really the, the greatest gift that we can give to ourselves because it keeps us dealing with just the next step in front of us and then it's not so overwhelming to to get through the whole day sometimes. Mm, That's exactly right. And on that note, we can bless everybody and hope that they can stay present and mindful wherever their emotions and their situations are taking them today. So this is where our episode number 23. It is indeed. It's very exciting. We've got, and we've also got the Wellness Summit coming up in in Melbourne. That's in September. So, jump onto the wellnesscouch.com and have a look at that. There's some really uh, special guest speakers and some um, more surprises. Lawrence and, uh, announced another surprise yesterday. The Merrymakers Sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're they're coming on uh, on board for the wellness summit to speak, and I imagine, like all wellness summits, there will be some delicious surprises, uh, food and otherwise, and metaphorically speaking, uh, along the way, all the way leading up to the event. So do go to the website www.thewellnesscouch.com forward slash omm, and on the wellness couch, of course, there's an a growing number of amazing shows where you'll find some outstanding uh, people contributing on the couch who are all all of uh, dedicated to supporting you in your wellness adventure, whatever that happens to be. And if you like this show, please go now and post it or tweet it or share it with your online tribe. Or why don't, do, why don't you do something different and give them a call? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a phone call. A phone call. Yeah, a real uh, so one. Or, or until face next face. time. Imagine, Sorry? Imagine just popping in and seeing someone face to face. Imagine just popping in and seeing someone. Imagine, imagine that. <laughs> well, until next time, uh, beautiful omlings, I invite us all to pause, breathe, and smile a lot <laughs> as we strengthen and expand our inspired mind and our connected and mindful hearts and the biggest, warmest hug right at this moment coming your way, Natalie. Thank you. Lots of love, team. See you later, everyone. Thank you. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter, The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.